0: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey JustGlair here. Hope you guys are having just a wonderful start to your day. Uh, We've got a fun-filled show coming your way in the next segment of the show. We'll talk about the LSU women's basketball team and their big, 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 big win over Tennessee last night. Uh, Keeping the pace. Don't know how for how much longer people will be able to say, Oh, bro, they didn't play nobody. Last night, you beat a team that was undefeated in SEC playing one of the biggest name brands in the entire sport. Like, at some point, we have to understand and accept that that's just lazy analysis. But anyway, (laughs) we'll get to that in the next segment of the show. Um, Also, we've got at noon, Andrew Coyote of HL Bourgeois, who will be joining us. The Braves are playing better basketball as of late. Don't know if it'll be a a playoff year out of the reservation, but they are taking some momentum into the offseason, if for nothing else. Then at 12.15, we've got Stan Gravoff, our Terrible General Tuesday interview with Stan. We'll be chatting with him about everything, man, everything under the sun. We'll be talking with Stan about high school basketball. We'll be talking with Stan about everything, you know, the Super Bowl, uh, probably mix in some different things. Maybe it's a little high school soccer sprinkled in there. And then at the bottom of the show, we'll maybe talk a little NBA and maybe even talk a little bit of Super Bowl uh, as we wrap up the show near the one o'clock hour. Last night, it was a light night in the boys and girls basketball scene on the girls side. We had Eleanor get a 50 to nine win over South Terrebonne. The lady Patriots not surprisingly take care of South Terrebonne, get an easy, decisive win Berwick on the girls side, loses to geo next generation, 41 to 18. So good win for geo next generation. And then I know Thibodeau played Destrahan. Um, so let me go find the score of that one. That was the big game of the night locally last night. It wasn't listed under the Monday scores because it was a game that was postponed from last week. So I could tell you that um, Destrehan got a 54-47 to win over Thibodeau. So Thibodeau loses that game after losing to East St. John also. <clears throat> Lady Tigers in a little bit of a rut. They actually get swept by Destrehan. They lost 53-39 against Destrehan in the first round of district play. So Thibodeau trying to hold on to that spot in the top 10 is not going to be any easier when you lose that one to Destrahan last night. On the boys' basketball side, we had a lot of, well, not a lot. I shouldn't say that. We had a few results locally. And let's tell you about them. St. Charles Catholic gets a 55 to 52 win over Phoenix. So a good win for St. Charles. On the boys' side, Destrahan gets a 56 to forty-four win over Thibodeau, and just an absolute must win for Destrahan. Destrahan's fighting to try to get into the postseason, must win for them to beat Thibodeau, and they take care of business, and they get that done. On the boys' basketball side of things, Ellender, uh, no doubt, they get a 71-19 win over South Terrebonne. You just get the sense, you get the feeling that Ellender was maybe a little annoyed that they lost to Morgan City, maybe a little bothered, maybe a little perturbed that they lost to Morgan City. They get a 71-19 win over South Terrebonne and cruise to an easy district win. Um, Last night we had Covenant Christian Academy get a 37-31 win over Lutheran. That was a good win for CCA taking care of business. Now, we kind of open up the umbrella and we pay attention to some of the action that will be happening tonight. Uh, The last night of January is going to come with some thrilling action and some very interesting games that should have big implications on the district standings throughout the area. In 5A, we've got tonight Central LaFouge that is going to be traveling to take on Terrebonne. That's going to be a fun matchup of two really good teams, East St. John and Hanville tonight. HL Bourgeois traveling to take on Destrehan tonight. Um, and uh, Thibodeau is off on the district bye. In the 4A side of things, we've got <clears throat> we've got already Ellender has played South Terrebonne, Lutcher traveling to take on South LaFouge. That'll be in the tank. That'll be a game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. And then you got uh, Vanderbilt that will be... Oh, I thought Vanderbilt was playing tonight. I guess they're not. Um, So, never mind. Uh, But Lutcher and South Lafouche is the big game in our local 4A district as the Bulldogs are going to be coming on the road trying to get a big win over South LaFouche. E.D. White will be hosting St. James. Berwick will be hosting Patterson. Donaldsonville is off in our local 3A district. In 2A, you got Home Christian School hosting Fisher. It's a good opportunity for Home Christian to try to get a win. And then you got, uh, let's see, CCA will be hosting Hanson Memorial, Central Catholic traveling to take on Jenneret. Those are all boy-girl doubleheaders, by the way, so we've got a busy night uh, across the area. Closest to home tonight, South LaFouche taking on Lutcher. It'll be kind of, um, well, first off, it won't be kind of. It'll be very therapeutic for the community to get back into the tank, have an opportunity to see the kids play. There was a girls' basketball game out there uh, a couple weeks. Ago, well, not a couple weeks. About seven days ago, eight, nine days ago. Um, but it's not the same as when there's a doubleheader. It's not the same as when the boys and the girls are both together. The student section's a little bigger. The you know the off amongst the community to go and support the teams is a little bigger. I think the word is more widely out there this time as opposed to last time. I'm expecting a large crowd, and I think the Tarpons taking on Lutcher tonight will be a very fun game. Very entertaining game. I think the girls are going to win by a lot. Um, you'll look at Lutcher's results. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, then on the boys' basketball side of things, you're looking at a 50-50 toss-up, whoever plays the best type of game. Lutcher comes into the game with 12 wins on the season. Lately, they have been playing some good ball. They have won, let's see, that's six out of eight. The only losses in that stretch have been to Hannon and then to Vanderbilt. Um the competition that they've beaten isn't incredible, right? Like, you know, they've beaten John Eric, Ascension Catholic, you know, McDonough 35, Helen Cox. None of those teams are like the the cream of the crop, right? But they have played fairly close to Hanville and Destrahan. And like they've played fairly close to some exceptional competition. So it'll be interesting to see. From what I understand, Coach Brody says that they've got size. And it'll be just a a matchup of can their size handle Brandon Daniels down low? And that's going to be the big test of the game is can that size slow down BJ? Can that size keep him in check? Because what we've seen is that the teams that are overmatched on the inside, he just overwhelms them, man. He gets the ball down there. It's like a bull in a china shop. He makes things happen. He gets and ones. He... You know, gets rebounds, push the ball down the floor, offensive opportunities on the on the offensive glass. If Lutcher could slow him down some, much like we saw really in the Patterson game, right? Patterson did this better than anybody that we've seen all season. Just slow him down a little bit. Make his shots a little more contested than normal. If you could do that, uh, then yeah, that's absolutely something that'll be uh, a big challenge and a big part of the game tonight for South Lafouche. Um, so a reminder before we catch our first break, we've got the sports corner going on the road. We're going out to A2 to go on Saturday. That'll be, um, wonderful. That'll be a great time. That'll be a great opportunity to, uh, you know, go on out and, and take the show on the road. And we're looking forward to that. Uh, go and visit those fine folks whenever they get opened. And uh, we can't wait to be out there. So it is going to be the sports corner on the road Saturday. At A2Fa. Let's get a break when we get back out of the break. We're going to talk about college basketball. LSU gets a big win over Tennessee. I'll tell you about that in the next segment of the show. It's play by play on KLEB.
1: Do you want a free easy-go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers. Arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new
2: roads. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most.
4: It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely Residential Zero Turn Moors. Show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails. Operator comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck. Put the neighbors on notice. Gravely. Driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, Laro.
5: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Belchase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
6: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and many more. Industrial power systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back
7: road in Galliano.
0: You know, it's crazy, man. Like, I would have never thought that I would be doing the second segment of my show in late January, which is peak football, Super Bowl time. Would have never thought that I would be doing a segment on LSU, women's basketball, but yet here we are. I saw as much women's basketball talk on my Facebook yesterday as I'd seen like ever. Ever. Like you guys are really into what the lady Tigers are doing. So I got to indulge. I got to bite, And I got to I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that this is incredible what they're doing. So I got to dedicate a whole segment to it. LSU gets a win over Tennessee last night, 76 to 68, defending their home floor and getting the 21 and 0 on the season. Alexis Morris was the LSU leading scorer last night with 31 points, 11 of 23 from the field. Um, <clears throat> she was eight of nine from the free throw line. Angel Reese didn't play her best last night, but got another double-double. 18 points, 17 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block. She was just 5 of 14 from the field. But LSU got 8 of 9 shooting at the line from Angel Reese, 8 of 9 shooting from Alexis Morris at the line, and it allowed the Tigers really to survive in a game where they didn't play their best. Um, LSU only attempted 10 three-pointers, only made 3. But... They got the ball inside and dominated on the inside and shot 31 free throws compared to just 12 for Tennessee, and that allowed the Lady Tigers to get another win. Now, here's the thing that I'm not going to lie to you. is really starting to aggravate me about um, the way that people are perceiving LSU. And <clears throat> yesterday, before I'm heading out to Golden Meadow Middle School, I'm watching the 4 o'clock news and flipping through, and then I get to Sports Center, I land on ESPN, and there's an analyst talking about, oh, you know, hey, LSU playing Tennessee tonight. It's a matchup of two teams that are both 8 0 in the SEC. And the first thing out of the analyst's mouth is, oh, you know, it's an opportunity to see how LSU is going to respond. You know, they haven't played anybody this year. And what? Like at some point, And I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe LSU is going to have to beat South Carolina before they could finally silence all of the critics, right? But this is a team, look, if you would have made this argument about LSU a month ago, before SEC play started, I would have jumped up and I would have said, you know what, that's fair. LSU's non-conference schedule wasn't very good. It wasn't very challenging. (laughs) Everything that you're saying right now is fair. LSU didn't play the, the toughest competition. I want to see how it looks whenever they do. On and on and on. I I, I get you. I understand what that thought process would be. They're 9-0 and in the SEC. 9-0. and At some point, it's okay to give this team a little bit of credit. At some point, it's okay to say like, hey, maybe these girls are just pretty damn good, right? Beat Tennessee last night. They were 8-0 in SEC play coming in. They own wins over Arkansas, who was in the top 25 at the time they played them the first time. They own wins over several other programs that are either going to be in the NCAA tournament or who are in contention to be in the NCAA tournament. Alabama is 16-6, and 5-4 and four in the SEC. They went on the road and beat them by 40. So this idea that LSU is just this wild card and there's just this mystery team and we don't know what it's going to look like, that's just lazy analysis. That's just creating a conversation just for the sake of trying to stand up on the middle of the coffee table and sound like you know what you're talking about. If you have watched the first 21 games of this season, Hell, you don't even have to watch all the 21 games of the season. If you've watched two games for LSU this season, hell, two quarters of LSU this season, you know that it's different. Coach Mulkey has got elite players. Last year's LSU team, I'll be the first one to tell you, Bubba, they won 20-plus games, made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Last year's LSU team was overrated with a capital O. They were overrated. They, were, they outkicked their coverage of what they should have been. They were overrated. They were never one of the top teams. They were always kind of exceeding their expectations. They were overrated. This year's LSU women's basketball team, <clears throat> it's a different animal. It's a different animal. They are now 21-0 in the season, and they have won every game but one 2 let's see, Every game but three by double digits. Every game but three by double digits. (laughs) And they've won every game but one by eight or more, by by seven or more, rather. So this is a team that's really only truly been, like, down to the wire, 40-minute tested one time this year. And that was a couple games ago against Arkansas when they won 79-76. to 76 I just don't understand, like, at what point do we have to say, all right, man, we need to give this team their flowers. At what point do we say, okay, this is truly one of the best teams in the country? At what point do we say, hey, this is a team that they could do some stuff. They could do some stuff. This is a team that that should be taken seriously on a national level because I'm tired of hearing, oh, bro, they didn't play nobody. Oh, bro, you know, wait wait till they, they see somebody. Who more is there? left to see when you have gone through an entire round of SEC play and you haven't lost and you really haven't been challenged. I mean, yeah, they may play South Carolina in a couple weeks and they may get blasted on the road at South Carolina. Everybody but one or two teams in the country may lose that game. And I'm not even ready to tell you that they're going to lose that game because guess what? I think LSU matches up well. And I think there's evidence to point to the fact that they match up well. LSU went to Alabama one by 40. South Carolina went to Alabama and won by like 10 or 11. <clears throat> so there are some common opponent splits there that lead you to believe that LSU is not going to be this overmatched, huge underdog like some would lead you to believe. I think they could go to South Carolina and more than hold their own. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that, that's my message. It's like people are wondering how real this is, how legit this is. And I'm not promising you that the team's going to go to the Final Four. It's a single elimination tournament. Anything could happen but I can absolutely positively promise you that it's a team that is going to be on the very short list of playing in some of the highest stakes games of the season. You can't win 21 games in a row. Most of them be blowouts and just be some fluke. And they're doing it in the SEC. They're 9-0 and in the SEC. Like, at some point, we have to drop that narrative. Oh, bro, you know, they ain't play nobody. No, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And in terms of, and I've I've mentioned this on the show, but I hadn't mentioned it in a while. Boy, the LSU Athletic Department is in a beautiful position right now. Matt McMahon on the men's basketball side. The jury's still out. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's got absolutely nothing to work with this season. I think it's going to take a little time. I think next year we'll see that program make some strides. But look around the rest of the athletic department. You got Mulkey with the women. Y'all, that's maybe the best coach in the country. Look over at baseball. You got Jay Johnson with baseball. Some of the things they've done in the last year. Number one recruiting class ever. Not number one recruiting class in the country. Number one recruiting class ever, according to a lot of baseball analysts. That LSU baseball team is poised to win 40-plus games right off the bus, maybe even 50-plus. It could be one of the most special baseball seasons that the LSU family has seen in a long time. Then you look at football. Look at what Brian Kelly did year one, beating Alabama, making it to the SEC championship game, returning a lot of key pieces off of that team, having a great recruiting class, being ranked number one in transfer portal rankings, getting guys like Aaron Anderson, Denver Harris, getting guys in the portal who are going to come in right away and make a huge impact next season. There are headlines in national publications that are saying, hey, Georgia maybe isn't the biggest threat to Alabama and the SEC. It may, over the long term, be LSU. Just looking at the foundation that's being built there, I can't remember a time where the LSU athletic program at the top of their biggest sports looked this healthy. I think football for the next four or five years is going to be in an incredible position. Women's basketball, as long as Kim Mulkey's the coach of that program, is going to be in a dynamite position, like winning at the bare minimum 25 games a year type of position. They're young this year and have the number one recruiting class in America about to come in, haven't even made it to campus yet. You add those players, the number one player in the entire country coming in. You add those players, and you add that talent to this roster, which will still have Angel Reese, which will still have Flojay Johnson, which will still have several key pieces. You add that talent to this core. Next year, everybody's in trouble, man. Might not be able to beat South Carolina this year. South Carolina's a mean machine, but I'm telling you, South Carolina's days are numbered. In terms of being that definitive, clear-cut, top program. Because LSU is going to be that very, very soon under Kim Mulkey. And every single time you watch that team play, you're reminded of that. And you know what's the most telling thing? <clears throat> and this is why I yelled and screamed and bickered for years. That LSU should have let go of Nikki Fargus. I was often told by friends, I was often told by people that are LSU fans, ah, it's just women's basketball, it don't matter. Yeah, you go get a better coach, maybe win a few more games, the fans still won't care. That's a bold-faced lie. LSU fans are going to support anything on that campus that is doing well. Look at gymnastics and the attendance that they draw. Look at baseball and the attendance that they draw. Look at some of the other sports on that campus and the attendance that they draw. LSU invested and spent a little money to get the best. Now they're getting the best results, and now they're getting a sold-out PMAC when they play these big games. That program is going to start generating revenue and it's going to start adding to the athletic department as opposed to just being a negative and a detraction to the athletic department whenever it was poorly run and poorly managed by Nikki Fargas. Let's catch a break when we get back. Andrew Kiwet of HL Bourgeois will be on the line. The Braves are playing some good basketball. We'll get the coach's thoughts. Then we got Stan Gravois right
3: after that. It's play by play on KLEB. It's a new year at Calvin Braxton Ford. And to celebrate, they're offering 60 months, 2.9 APR on all 2022 Ford F 150s with $1,000 off MSRP. Calvin Braxton Ford is also offering 60 months. APR on all 2022 Ford Explorers with $1,000 off MSRP. Now that says it all. So come test drive one today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 LA1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. Offers good till January 31st.
2: Com.
1: Do you want a free easy-go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers. Arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority, on Highway 3235 and Cut Off. Chevy, find new roads.
5: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Doofriend building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called dofriend Easy Buy. Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. Damien
1: Adams Contractors. For all your concrete projects, whether it's commercial, residential, or industrial, the company that you should call is Damien Adams Contractors. Serving all of South Louisiana, from Grand Isle to Baton Rouge, Morgan City to New Orleans. Just call Damien Adams Contractors at 985-665-0676. That's 985-665-0676.
3: If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All-Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at Let'sRev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at Let'sRev.com. Let's Rev. Let's Rev. Baby, you're a song.
10: You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise.
0: We've tried to line up Andrew Kajwet, and we've not been successful. We got his voicemail. We'll keep trying. We'll keep making the effort. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Uh Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Here for a second, we've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs that will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So many different storylines surrounding this one, right? I mean, we've got, uh, you know, the Kelsey brothers. We've got Andy Reid facing his old team. And we've got a whole lot of different angles and different things that we could chew on here with this matchup. And I told you on yesterday's show, and I mean this sincerely, is I, I believe that by the time the game gets here, I'm going to have fully convinced myself that this is going to be a chief's game and that they're going to find a way to get the win. Uh, because I truly believe. And again, I I just think that experience matters. I just think that having been there before matters. I think that seeing it and experiencing it and going through it one time before matters. And I think that it's going to be a lot for the Eagles to absorb. Um, playing in this game with these stakes, and it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very difficult. Um, so we'll see how that that shakes out here. Sorry, I was checking the phone to see if Coach Kai would have texted someone to texted me, but it was, it was someone else. Um, I think that one of the keys to the game will be, can the Chiefs slow down the Eagles' rush game? <laughs> if they could do that, force Jalen Hurts into some long down-and-distance situations, I think that that could be... Uh, a, a huge in the game it was as we chronicled in yesterday's show. While Hertz is playing well and he's not doing anything to sabotage nor self-destruct his team, he's also not throwing for three hundred and you know four hundred yards either. He's doing you know doing a lot of the easy stuff well. And look, there's nothing wrong with doing the easy stuff well, right? If Dak Prescott did the easy stuff well, the Cowboys would be in the Super Bowl playing this big game and not Philly. So there's nothing wrong with the way that he's playing. Yesterday, maybe I came off a little bit too strong, sounded like a hater. I, I understand that. Uh, but it wasn't meant to be like a diss or a criticism. He's doing the things that he's being asked to do. My point was it just, it's a credit to his team that they're able to win with a quarterback that's doing kind of sort of the bare minimum. On Kansas City side, I think Kansas City's going to have to um, figure out a way. I think that they're going to have to Uh, do something to figure out a way how to run the football. Because that was one thing Kansas City did not do well in the conference championship game. They couldn't get their ground game going. They couldn't run 20 carries, 42 yards, and they put a lot of pressure on Mahomes in the process. Mahomes took a lot of hits and was asked to do a lot of things that a dude with a high ankle sprain shouldn't be asked to do during the course of a game. And I think that with the bye week and everything in between, it's going to be a little easier on him. I think he's going to heal up a little more, be a little more mobile. But they've got to figure out a way to help him out. Isaiah Pacheco had 10 carries, 26 yards in the AFC Championship game. That's not enough. Jarek McKinnon, four carries, one yard. Like, they couldn't run the ball at all. Their long carry, listen to this, their long carry, their longest rush of the entire game was six yards. Like, that's that's not good enough. So they'll have to find a way to sustain that because if it's – the Chiefs converted a lot of third and six, third and seven, obvious pass situations. They converted a lot of that against the Bengals. If it's third and six, third and seven against the Eagles and that pass rush, whew, might be a different outlook, might be a different scenario. So I think those are the two big keys, man, and I know Stan's going to say this too because he always says this and he's right on when he says this. It's going to be a game at the line of scrimmage. It's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. It's going to be, can the Eagles block them well enough to push forward and create easy situations for Jalen Hurts? Can the Chiefs block them well enough to create more manageable situations for Patrick Mahomes? That's the thing about football, bro. We could sit here and we could break this down any single which way that we want. We could talk about the quarterbacks. We could talk about the star receivers. We could talk about all the shiny toys on each side. Is them big, fat, ugly, nasty guys up front that are going to decide this thing one way or another. And I think whichever team blocks the best is going to be the team that's going to stand brightest and is going to have the best opportunity in the fourth quarter. Because I do think this is going to be a four-quarter game. I don't see this being a game that's you know non-competitive. I don't see any of that stuff. <clears throat> and I also want to say this. <laughs> and this is going to be me poking fun at some folks and some of my friends, by the way, on social media. For all the folks who are saying, oh, bro, I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like the Eagles. I'm not even going to watch. I'm going to watch the dog show instead. I'm going to watch a movie during the Super Bowl. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're all going to be watching the Super Bowl in the same way that you all who were protesting the league, saying you were never going to watch the game again after the whole national anthem thing, y'all all came back. Your your anger's going to cease. You know, 14 days are going to pass. You're going to be over your Joe Burrow boo boo. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. You guys are going to be arguing and complaining about it on Facebook. You're going to be watching. And that's the thing of the NFL, man. That's why there are so many things wrong with the NFL that we can't get fixed, right? Is because no matter how bad the officiating is, no matter how bad this is, no matter how bad that is, no matter how much we hate that you can't hit quarterbacks. No matter how much we hate that every time you hit a receiver going over the middle, there's a flag. No matter how much we don't like this or that, we all still watch every single Sunday. So they're making more money than ever. And guess what? They don't give a crap that we don't like this or that because it's not hurting their bottom line. The NFL is like a Sunday drug for all of us. We can complain. We can know it's not healthy, the relationship that we have with it. But guess what? At noon our ass is still going to be on the couch and we're going to be watching, tuning in to watch the Saints play no matter how bad they are. I'm going to watch my Cowboys play no matter how many times Dak Prescott lets me down in big games. No matter how many times Jerry Jones builds a roster that's flawed and that is incapable of winning at all. That's the beauty of sports, but that's also the curse of sports is that A, it's always there, but that's also the curse of it. B, it's always there. There's no way to get away from it. So all the commentary, oh, I'm not watching that. I give up. Burrow's not there. I ain't watching that. You're going to be watching. So everyone else. It's going to be one of the record numbers for viewing. The ratings are going to be higher than ever. The league's going to make more money than ever. And that's why when we approach the offseason, all the big list of things that we want to change, ain't none of them going to get changed. But there ain't no reason for them to change anything. Because no matter what they do, we're still going to be there at the end of the day, tuned in with bright eyes, ears perked up to see what happens next. It's like a drug. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Stan Gravois for our Terrible and General Tuesday. We'll chat with Stan about the Super Bowl, high school sports, and everything in between. We'll be right back after this quick timeout.
10: You're listening to K-L-E-B. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the all new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM.
3: Time is money.
7: guaranteed
8: when you're shopping at rouse's markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery it smells so good that warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is rouse's markets king cake dough rouse's markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home.
3: Welcome
0: back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. It's Casey Jisglaire. It's Tuesday and it's 12-15, so that means it's time to go to our good friends over at Terrible and General and have our Terrible and General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois, who's on the phone lines right now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
11: Good, Casey. Everything's going well.
0: Good. Happy to hear that, man. Look, I feel like sometimes, you know, we talk about the same thing, so I want to mix it up a little bit today. We're going to focus a little bit less on the high school basketball stuff, and there are some other things that I've been saying to myself, like, yeah, I want to ch- talk with Stan about this, but it wasn't necessarily timely, so I just kept kind of delaying it. You guys released the newest class of your Athletic Hall of Fame. It's a wonderful class, a wonderful crop of former athletes and coaches that have gotten in. Uh, Stan, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Tell me about that class. What are some things you're most excited about as there are a whole new group that's going into your Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Fame the inductees are going to be Lori DuPont, Greg Harding, Dalton LeBlanc, Harry McCullough, Jesse Miles, and Pat Zush. Looks like a wonderful six-person crop to me, brother.
11: Yeah, we think so, for sure. And uh, if it's any indication, uh, early response to wanting tables at this thing, uh, it's going to be the biggest we've ever had because there's so much interest in these guys. It's the first time we've ever had six people who are from the Bayou region and lived their entire lives in the Bay region. Now, obviously, with Jesse Miles going in posthumously, he's no longer with us. He died in 2010. But even Jesse lived here in the gray area in the northern part of Terrebonne Parish. So all of these guys basically have done what they've done on, on a very high level, but have ultimately come back to this area. So there's a lot of people who have interest, and they're all very – I'm not sure what the word to use is. That They're prominent in their communities, right? I mean, Laurie DuPont and Pat Zush, they're guys who have been in that Thibodeau community and have always been there, you know, and you see them at Nichols games and you see them at civic events. So those guys obviously have a big following of what they're going to do. Greg Harding is on the school board here in Terrebonne Parish, along with, you know, his playing career and what he's done. Uh, Harry McCullough, who has worked in the media and worked over at HTV, he's been visible. So everybody has sort of been really visible. So I think, yeah, again, it's a great class, Dalton LeBlanc. Everybody knows Dalton LeBlanc. Whether you knew him from sports, you know, if you were passing through Homa, homer, you would see a billboard because, you know, obviously he's an insurance agent. So there's a lot of that that we have this year that we probably hadn't had in the past year. So I think it's going to be a big crowd that night. And I think when they see some of the accomplishments of these guys, they're going to say, I didn't realize that that happened. To think a guy like Laurie DuPont has won, I think it's 226 high school football games, right? So you I'm st- oh, sorry, it's 229. So think about that 229, and there's only 10 regular season games in a year. You got to work either a very, very long time or be really, really good because that's amazing 229 wins as a high school head football coach and and then in some of those years you didn't even have 10 regular season games so very impressive
0: no doubt about that and look man i'm a voter for this thing so i saw the ballot i saw some of the folks who didn't get in and and, you know i know you told me hey like there's always kind of this little concern or this thought in the back of your mind like you know are we going to run out No, you guys ain't going to run out, but some of the folks who didn't get in who are going to be on the ballot in future years are every bit as qualified. And like You guys have a a whole stockpile of athletes that you're going to be choosing from in the future. This thing's in good shape for a long, long time.
11: No, I agree 100%. Not only that, I think it's always going to have store power. I know that's a, a low word. I think anybody who gets in is a store, obviously. But from the standpoint where you wait five years, Obviously, after your playing career is over, that you could get on the ballot. you got guys like Trevon Williams who played at Assumption High School, who's got a Super Bowl ring with Green Bay and had a really illustrious career. You know, Jordan Mills, same situation. Um, I'm sure one day a guy like Trevon Reed Reed is going to be on there. Then you got people like Ed Ogeron. You know, that's only a few years before Ed Ogeron is going to be in this thing, too, probably as a coach. So, the star power is never going to go away. You, and, and the thing that's interesting, Casey, is is that those are guys we know about. So, like, when we make these videos, it's not a lot of people who get real, like, excited about it because they knew that. They knew that Ed Ogeron, you know, was a coach at LSU who did what he did. But it's these guys, like, when you start hearing about Dalton LeBlanc, who – you know, was a guy who was just so athletic that he was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in 1967, and he really wasn't a football player. He was a track and field athlete who was an alternate on the 1968 Olympic team, right? And the U.S. Olympic team, and people are like, just didn't know that. Those are the ones that actually excite me as much as those who do have the star power.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that, my friend. So, We've also got uh, Baseball Media Day. That'll be coming up next week. We'll be out there. We'll be doing the show. Ba- I say baseball. Baseball and softball media day. Don't want to change anybody. So it's a great opportunity for listeners and folks in the community to learn about our uh, baseball and softball programs in the area. Boy, such a talent-rich group. Several state champions will be coming in for that. Several teams with high hopes of maybe being in that spot this year, coming in for that. I can't wait, man. That's going to be a lot of fun.
11: Yeah, these media days in general have just become fun. It's a little bit easier, quite honestly, with basketball and with football from the perspective that all of those coaches, to a T, are coaches in the school system. In other words, they're faculty members either at their school or at a school within their system. Baseball is starting to be a little different. We're getting more and more CECP coaches, I should say baseball and softball, So as we're rounding up coaches for this one, I think we're going to have 100% participation, don't get me wrong. But we do, like, we have a couple of schools that it's their SRO officer. It's not a faculty member. And they're trying to work with their police department to get off that day to be here, right? You got Joe Tutong, who's actually in the private sector, who's a head baseball coach. Of course, Joe's going to be here. But you have to work a little harder to try and, you know, organize these things. Uh, the one thing we do know is, is that our Bay Area region is really good in baseball and softball and has been for the last few years. So it's going to be exciting to hear what they have to say about things and about, you know, the latest things coming down the pipe related to the uh, LHSAA and how it's going to affect them. I think we found out after these January meetings that <clears throat> it won't affect them too much this spring.
10: It's yeah, not
11: going to until. Yeah. Until maybe next year. But I did think that maybe some of the brackets would be reverted just a little bit, and what's also funny about that, and I guess it's I'm kind of heading in a different direction, but I'm, you know, thinking of how this works out with baseball and softball. You know, we've gotten to a day and age where the biggest brackets are only going to offer you 26 teams getting in them. You know, you're not going to get into a situation where you have the old 32. I'm sitting here right now, the the soccer, you know, bracket came out this morning, and it's 32 teams, right? So it's like, (laughs) well, wait a minute. Some things are the way we used to do it. Some things are not the way we used to do it. But, again, there is 32 teams, and I have noticed a lot of teams here in our Bay region are going to be traveling to North Louisiana to play their first round of soccer because they're the lowest seed. And, boy, I don't know how you do that. If you're the school systems, I don't know. I shouldn't even say that, because the school systems don't pay for it. The schools do individually. If you're the schools, I don't. I don't know how you come up with this kind of money to make ends meet when you got to travel. I saw where the girls from South Lafourche, I think, have to go up to uh, to somewhere in North Louisiana, and uh, it's just too much. It's too much.
0: Well, it, it's infuriating, is what it is. It's because and, and look, the smaller and I say smaller loosely, but the smaller sport coaches have long said well, why don't we have a split in volleyball? You know, Why don't we have a split in swimming or cross country? Why is it only these big sports? So often, Stan, we see sweeping legislation happen at the LHSA level, but they show us time and time again, they only give a crap about the quote-unquote major sports. That's the reason why soccer is still 32 teams and there's no divisions because no one thought of like, hey, let's just reform this. Let's change the way that this is. No one thought to do that because... There's not enough eyeballs in their mind to change it, and it's infuriating, and it's quite frankly, it's unfair to the kids that are competing in those
11: sports. It is, and I know some people might say, hey, you know what? The more they get in the playoffs, the merrier. Uh, you know, somewhere along the line, we have to kind of stop this, giving everybody a trophy mentality, and we have to... Yeah, there was a day and time where you won your district, and that's the only team who got in the playoffs. So I realize that's a little bit maybe on one side of the spectrum. But think about this, Casey. I'm just looking at this right now. So Thibodeau has to go to Captain Shreve. For those of you who don't know that, Captain Shreve is obviously Shreveport, right? South LaPouche has to go to Turling. South Terrebonne has to go to West Washington. Ellender has to go to Parkway, which is in Shreveport. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, if I had the money, that Thibodeau's going to pay to go to Captain Shree, South is going to pay to go to Turling, South is going to pay to go to West Washington, and Elam is going to pay to go to Parkway. And remember, this is just the girls. This is just the girls' side of the bracket. That's almost a yearly salary for most people. Yeah, I mean, that's like each of these schools is going to be spending a good, probably $2,500 to feed the kids, to stay over, to pay for the, heck, just the fuel for the buses and a lot of them get the big charter buses and stuff, so it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know how we. Yeah, and then we turn around and we look at football, and they've cut that bracket down to twenty four and twenty six, and they've done it different. So yeah, it's just not across the board. That's for sure. They look at the sports they want to look at, just like you said.
0: Stan, let's talk about the NFC Championship or the NFL Championship games rather. The NFC Championship game was kind of a runaway. We won't spend as much attention on that, but frankly, the game wasn't very entertaining honors ran out of quarterbacks the Eagles pounced them all the drama sur- surrounded the AFC championship game where the Bengals are playing tight playing close come up short late the Chiefs pull it away there were some questionable calls there were some questionable decisions that were made what were your thoughts man boy it sure felt and I get it and I'm, I'm not gonna be the guy who oh they lost because of the referees no you know they made some mistakes but boy there it sure felt like Just about every 50-50 call on that one went one way and not the other. I don't know if that's bad luck. I don't know if that's a conspiracy, whatever it may be. It was definitely a tough day for the Bengals, and they fall and the Chiefs move on to the Super Bowl.
11: Well, I say this tongue-in-cheek, and I'll back up just a little bit, and I'll get to my thoughts on that. But I did want to say I cannot believe that the NBA is moving forward. I do not understand how the NBA is just playing games when LeBron – James gets fouled, and we just don't stop the league. Why didn't we stop everything?
0: Stan, 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 let me stop you there. How ridiculous was his reaction to that? He was acting like a three-year-old that got his iPad taken away and got sent to his room. That was embarrassing. Yeah, he got fouled, but his reaction was embarrassing.
11: The whole thing to me was just so funny. He did get fouled. But if I was any other NBA player, I would go look for every highlight I had of getting fouled, and I would just make a little montage and show it. It happens, and man, I it just blew my mind how much that was, like, blown out of proportion related to, like, the world of everything. And then, obviously, the next day you have some of these calls in that Bengals and Chiefs game, and some of them are kind of mind-boggling. I will say that. I, I just don't know. I don't think the officials, first and foremost, I don't think they're out, and I don't think it's necessarily a conspiracy that, man, we need to have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl related to that game. I just don't know that the human eye, the human element of being an official in NFL, can do it. I, the guys are just too big, too fast, too strong. Now, that being said, I mean, to totally blow and, and, and try and – not try, they did it. They gave them another down at one point. I was like, well, that's pretty ridiculous. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Uh, you would expect more from them. I don't, I don't know if it's a need to have help. But, you know, me and you talking about this today, that's what the NFL loves. They don't, they don't care what we think now. I mean, we can talk about this. So we blew in the face and the people in Cincinnati could be so upset and all of this stuff. But th- this is right up the NFL's alley. They, If they do blow some of these calls, I think that their front office kind of is like, yes, thank God, a little publicity. Here we go. So that's what we talk about. And I don't think that anybody's going to be mad enough not to continue to watch. So, you know, So we're wasting our time talking. I do want to say this. I almost, I almost sent a text to you and to Truck saying Team Gravois Calais (laughs) 2, Team Giscolaire (laughs) 0. But you know why I did? Why is that? Because although Brian and I both picked Philadelphia and we both picked the Chiefs, I didn't want those teams to win. (laughs) So it's, you know, so it kind of... Not that it backfired on I me. Mean, if I'd have had money on it, I'd be a happy, happy camper right now. But I did uh, the teams I was rooting for didn't, didn't win.
0: You, you brought up the LeBron play, so I'll tell you something about this. I was actually talking about this with a friend who's a big Laker fan. He's not necessarily a big LeBron fan, but he's a big Laker fan. And he's actually the one who brought this up to me. said, yeah, LeBron's crying. And then he sent me a, a video. LeBron stopped dribbling at the three-point line, got all the way to the goal, took seven steps before getting there, and then got yeah. fouled. No one wants to talk about that, though.
11: I'm glad you said that. I'm watching the replay, and the first thing I thought was, "Is oh, this must be earlier in the game because he obviously was traveling. And then that was the play. And I'm going, well, wait a minute, before you even get to that, We've totally changed the rules of basketball. You know, Naismith must be turning over in his grave because what is that? And then all of a sudden it's, Lord, look what happened to this guy. It's so horrible and everything. And and stop the presses that I'm going, I would love to know. I think that was a Saturday game. I'd love to know in every other game how many missed calls there were in there. And the fascination to me, the fascination – with the Lakers is, is like, or maybe it's just, you know, that's, that's out of all of the sports on the professional level. That's the one franchise I just, I really struggle with. And maybe it's me just being a little bit too hyped up on the Lakers, but man, God, you would have thought the the world was caving in on (laughs) Saturday night and Sunday with that one. I just don't get it.
0: (laughs) Neither me, brother. Uh, Let's talk about this. How do you lean in the Super Bowl? I've already said, I, I'm lightly leaning Kansas City, but I think that as the time passes, I'm going to be pretty strongly leaning Kansas City by the time the game gets here. Stan, I just think it's hard when you get to that stage for the first time. Look, we saw McVay and the Rams get to the Super Bowl for the first time and lay a complete egg. You know, Sariani and Hurts have not been there. I think that the experience that Mahomes and Reed have will power them. How are you leaning in this big game?
11: Uh, You know, it's probably too early for me to say I would, you know, sort of absorb everything that, you know, I hear in the next month. I'm sorry, next week and make a decision after that. But the one concern I would have if I were a Chiefs fan is that they can't rush the ball or they couldn't this past weekend. They did not rush the ball well at all against the Bengals. Uh And I know those two guys, you know, I'd even mentioned it with you on Saturday. I think they're pretty dynamic guys. But uh, I just thought that that was maybe a little bit of a red flag that went up, that they can't run it, and vice versa. The Chiefs with Sanders and even Jalen Hurts, they can run it. One one stat I thought was interesting related to the game, Uh, you know, we had mentioned, we all kind of thought that if Jalen Hurts got out of the pocket and ran the ball well, that it was going to be a long day for the 49ers. He didn't, but I made the comment that, you know, if he runs for over, say, 40 yards in that game, uh, I think the the Eagles win. If he runs for under 40, I think they probably lose. He ran for 39, so I was wrong.
0: (laughs) Stan, you know what's so interesting is that, you know, we had talked at the back end of the regular season. Oh, Tom Brady and... San Francisco that looks like a match because we were kind of expecting Purdy to taper off. And Purdy starts yeah. playing well and starts doing great and then the rumors are, well, Purdy's going to be their guy. Purdy gets a very serious elbow injury. There's going to be no offseason. There's going to be no training camp. He may or may not be ready to go next year. And now you're hearing the whispers of Tom Brady to San Francisco again. Isn't it crazy how like little things like this that happen could change sports history? Literally, like Brady may now go off to San Francisco and be in command of that offense next fall.
11: Well, it certainly changed the dynamic of that team, man. They were trying to figure out who are we going to trade, who are we going to keep, how is this going to work? They lost their, you know, first team guy within the first game of the year and then you know, I guess we kind of knew all along that Garoppolo wouldn't be back, but then you didn't know if it was going to be Purdy and Lance, how is this all going to work? And now you throw in Tom Brady. So, yeah, the the entire dynamic of the San Francisco 49ers changed when he got hurt. I will say this. I do believe, whether he was hurt or not, the way the Eagles kind of – I just think the Eagles would have probably won that game. And that might have even been a bigger problem for San Francisco because we've all sort of been waiting for Purdy to lay that egg as a quarterback. and. You can't even, you don't even know that now, right? Because he didn't get to play. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Interestingly enough, he was, if I'm not mistaken, four for four in that game. <laughs> and like, so there's a lot of people who think, well, he's our future. Don't go getting Tom Brady. And I do think that the trend that was set by Miami not being interested in Tom Brady this week, that might carry over to a lot of other teams. Like, that might have set the tone that, you know what? If Miami's not interested and they got a guy like Tua, because quite honestly, Tua has never, you know, he's never done that much in the NFL, or at least not in my eyes, to be thought of that highly, like more highly than Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady's 105. Uh, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of teams are going to turn Tom Brady away before it's said and done.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that, Stan. Before we let you go, the big result last night, and I was dumbfounded by this. Look, man, I I was doing a middle school game for Bayou Sports last night, and I get home, and I'm expecting to see, you know, people talking about, you know, maybe wrestling or maybe talking about the Super Bowl or whatever. It's all women's basketball in my timeline, man. LSU took over last night. They sold out the PMAC. They got a win over Tennessee. They're now 21 and 0. And look. We're not surprised that Kim Mulkey turned it around. I think that you and I both said at the time this is a grand slam home run. LSU was going to turn things around, but what I am surprised about is how quickly they have turned around the fan base. LSU used to barely sell out the bottom bowl of the PMAC, if that. Now they're selling out the full building. They're generating revenue, and they've taken this, you know, Louisiana by storm, man. People, it's it's almost like what happened with gymnastics. Where it's like a big deal to go and be a part of women's basketball now,
11: well, she's got all of it though I mean she's she so she's a Louisiana girl, meaning Kim Mulkey. she does great with the fan base, like walking around campus at l s u talking to everybody. she's kind of hip, but she's kind of old uh She does a great job recruiting. Obviously, she does a great job recruiting, and it's only going to get better in the future. It's already better for next year. Uh, She's an X and O's person, too. So when we think of all of those coaches, not even related to basketball, you know, Les Miles, uh, Coach Ogerall, all of those coaches that you've ever had, Dale Brown at LSU, she probably is the best all around for what you want your program to be. I do know this. There's a lot of people that we laugh at when we look at their press conferences. Obviously, with Les Miles, we used to just kind of chuckle and go, oh, my God, that's our head coach. She's one of those press conferences, and I don't like watching press conferences very much, but she's one that you enjoy watching just because there's something from it. You gain something from it. So she's got it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, obviously they have a pretty good basketball team too. Look, we, we're going to find out when they play South Carolina. I think that LSU is in the elite class of the top five in the country, but I think that there's still one more like wrong on the ladder or one more step, you know, on the staircase to get to where you're always in that conversation. And we're going to find out how close they are when they play South Carolina. Now, I think if you would have told Kim Mulkey that that would have happened this year, that we'd even be saying that, she'd have told us we were all crazy because I think it's the future. So can you imagine if the future is even better than this? Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. It's, it's, look, the rest of the coaches at LSU got something to uh, kind of aspire to because I think she's setting the bar right now.
0: No doubt about that, my friend. Thanks so much for the time, man. I know it's going to be a busy couple of weeks as baseball and everything gets started. You guys are traveling all over for soccer, but keep up the good work, man. It's appreciated.
11: Thanks, Casey. I always enjoy it, and uh, look forward to Saturday.
0: Yes, sir. That is Stan Gravott doing a wonderful job, as always. We appreciate his time. We appreciate his perspective. And quite frankly, we can't wait to be out there for media day. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun next Tuesday. We'll go on out to in General and at the locker room. We'll be chatting with the baseball and softball coaches and getting their perspective and their insight on everything that will be coming ahead. We're also going to be hitting the road on Saturday, going to a Fay out there, the old boiling gold building. Uh, we're going to be eating, having a good time, talking some sports from 10 to 12. The sports corner going on the road out at a Fay for their uh, first weekend in operation. Let's catch a break when we get back, talk a little NBA. <clears throat> then I don't know if I'm going to do two segments or one segment. We'll figure it out on the fly, but we've got some NBA to talk through, and then we also got our betting picks to get to. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout.
1: The music on the bayou, the rage in Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM.
0: You have a pest control problem? Mike to tell
4: you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn moors show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got a hundred years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, Laro.
6: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry generac cola briggs and stratton cummins Onan, and and many more industrial power systems power is our middle name call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in galliano
9: the irs is the most powerful collection agency in the world
3: i couldn't sleep we were being audited
9: they do not give up until you pay they put a lien on my house how about you do you owe back taxes? Call Tax Solutions Now and get some help. For a limited time, the IRS offers a tax forgiveness program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Our team can make it easier for you to pay back taxes, avoid tax liens, and get a fresh start. Sometimes you just need a second chance. I call Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. At Tax Solutions Now, our affiliates are all accredited by the Better Business Bureau and members of the National Association of tax professionals
2: we saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world
9: time is running out call tax solutions now call 800-319-6697 800-319-6697 800-319-6697
10: want more from your bank open a cajun pride checking account at state bank and trust company and enjoy the benefits unlimited check writing overdraft protection online banking mobile banking debit card ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it.
2: Visit TGHealthSystem.com.
0: There are some things that just make you shake your head. And I intended to talk all NBA in this segment, and I'm going to talk some NBA, I promise you. But I just saw this story on ESPN.com, and my eyes are rolled so far in the back of my head I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish the show. The NFL announced today that Tyler Huntley is going to be a Pro Bowl player in the Pro Bowl games. This weekend it's called the Pro Bowl games because they're not doing tackle football. They're going to play a flag football game and have a bunch of different skills competitions. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I want to see the guys play dodge. But I like watching athletes do things that they're not comfortable doing because one of two things is going to happen. A, it's going to either be a train wreck or B, they're going to be so good at things that we don't realize that they're good at that it's going to be entertaining. Like watching NFL players play dodgeball, they're going to either be so uncoordinated because they only know the football movements or they're going to be so athletic that it's going to be like watching The Matrix with guys diving all over the place. Like Either one, to me, is going to be entertaining. So I'm actually looking forward to the Pro Bowl weekend. But Tyler Hunley's going off to the Pro Bowl. Let me read you Tyler Hunley's stats this year. Tyler Hernley on the season threw for 658 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. And he's going to the Pro Bowl. Granity's an alternate. Granity's replacing Josh Allen, and they asked other players to go, but. <sighs> We've got to do better. We've got to do better. We can't have a quarterback in the damn Pro Bowl who throws for two touchdowns. That cannot happen. If the players are so unenthusiastic about being in the game, then you know what needs to happen? We need to not have the game. And I get it, it's a TV thing. You know, they got the rights sold, the league's going to make some money, but it is a literal laughing stock to the process and to the idea of you're going to have an all star game for the NFL because that's what the pro bowl is, right? It's an all-star game for the NFL. And you're going to have a quarterback that has two touchdowns and three interceptions. That's ridiculous. And we've got to do better. I don't know what we got to do. We got to maybe incentivize Make it more worth these guys' a while to get in, but we gotta do something because boy, that when I read that headline, good grief. There are thirty five quarterbacks in the league that probably deserve that distinction more than Tyler Huntley. My goodness. Now let's talk some NBA. Sorry, I keep checking my phone because I'm continuing to try and see if Andrew's going to text back. I'm trying to get him on. Tonight in the NBA, we've got the Miami Heat taking on the Cleveland Cavs. We've got the Lakers taking on the Knicks. We've got the Clippers and the Bulls, the Hornets and the Bucks and the Pelicans taking on Denver. The Pelicans are a big underdog traveling to take on Denver. Um, And they'll have an opportunity to Try to end their long losing streak. I have a way to fix the Pelicans, y'all. It's not going to make y'all happy, though. The Pelicans have to get better at the top of their roster. I think their role players are good enough. I think their roster's deep enough. I don't think their star players, with the exception of Zion Williamson, are good enough. I think it's time to trade CJ McCollum for a real star. I hear y'all screaming. Oh, but 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 buddy fixed the culture. Buddy fixed the locker room, but you know, but this but that. But you're one game over 500. So how, I mean, like do you want to win or do you want to just be in the middle or the bottom of the middle for the rest of time? CJ McCollum is 31 years old. He's actually 31 and a half years old. And I think he's starting a decline. If you don't trade him now, you're going to run the risk of him being in his mid-30s and you getting nothing for him. Last season, after being traded from Portland to New Orleans, McCollum shot 49% from the field, averaged 24 points per game, and was excellent. This year, he's regressed quite a bit to 43% from the field and 21 points per game. He's not been nearly as effective. And I think that what New Orleans needs to do is they need to understand and be honest, we're not good enough right now. And they need to be aggressively shopping Ingram and McCollum with draft picks to try to get better stars to shore up the top of their roster. Because there is no way that Zion Williamson's injury should have impacted the team nearly as negatively as it has. I watched the Bucks play and win games without Giannis. I watched the 76ers play and win games without Embiid and without Harden. I watched the Warriors, who are, have a better record than the Pelicans, mind you, and they've played without Curry and without several pieces throughout the, the course of the year. The Clippers have a better record than the Pelicans. They've been without Kawhi and Paul George for a lot of the year. There's no reason that one singular injury should have negatively impacted the Pelicans this badly. The guys that you have underneath Zion simply aren't good enough to win games at the highest level without feeding off of an elite star level player. And in the NBA, when you're banking on guys being healthy all the time, that's a recipe for disaster. I truly believe that this trade deadline or over the summer, New Orleans needs to be honest and needs to be willing to, to redecorate a little bit. Shuffle the deck a little bit. If it's McCollum and a couple of firsts in a trade for, let's say, Bradley Beal, wouldn't you guys be excited about that? Bradley Beal's younger, better, more explosive, more versatile. I would be thrilled. If it's Brandon Ingram and a couple of firsts for you know another young star player, I don't know any of them off the top of my head, to, to list, wouldn't you be excited about that? I would be. But then again, I'm a realist, and I know that the team's not good enough. A lot of the fans that I talk to don't have that same understanding yet. But that's how you fix New Orleans. It's still a fixable situation. you got so many resources at your disposal. But you're going to have to make some really good and really shrewd and really savvy moves between now and next summer if you want to get to that top level. Because just being in first place in the first three weeks of the season, that ain't nothing. Anybody could do that. But being there in January, February, playing games into April and May—that's a whole different animal. You gotta have sustainability, you gotta have versatility, and you gotta have the the ability to endure an 82-game season. And New Orleans has not shown that ability really any of the years since they've been in New Orleans. They've always had injury issues. Tonight in the NBA, I like under 244 for the Bucs and the Hornets. I just think that's a big number. I think the Bucs are going to try to play some real defense and I think that they'll keep that one under the number. <laughs> I like, unfortunately for the Pels, I like Denver, minus six at home against the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans' skid's going to continue for another night. I like over 210.5 for the Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We go to college basketball, and I'll give you a few that I like. If my fan duel will load properly, <laughs> I'll give you, um, let's see, I like Duke minus seven over Wake Forest. I like Arkansas and AM over 137 and there was another one that i liked here on the list and i'll give it to you i like um kansas state to cover 9 over kansas and i also like over 156 for alabama and the vanderbilt thanks to everybody for listening today it's been a wonderful show tomorrow's show is going to be just as good we're going to have taylor griffin we're going to have brody williams we'll have our mailbag we'll have so much to talk about as we continue uh trending towards the weekend It's going to be kind of a quiet weekend without any football, but we'll make it happen. Tonight, we're at the Tank, South Lafouche, and Lutcher. Saturday, we're at Etouffee doing the Sports Corner, and we've got a busy week around that as well. Friday, we're at Assumption for Tarpon Basketball. Thursday, the guys are going to be at LCO and Golden Meadow. I'm scheduled for Nichols. I'm trying my darndest to maybe try to slide out of that. I want to go to LCO and Golden Meadow. No promises. But anyway, either way, it's going to be a busy week here on the network. That's all for me. Have a wonderful rest of the day, you guys. Keep the radio dial. K Kaylee will be back at the same time tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day. See you guys at the games. God bless.
9: Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. 65-